first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network, and joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Roto-Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL, and this week, we're talking bets for the 66th running of the Daytona 500 here on Running Hot. So, no race last weekend, Stevie. Of course, we talked about the clash two weekends ago for the Daytona 500. We have had qualifying so far. We'll touch on that, but... First, our victory lane pick from last week was the quarterback longest run in the Super Bowl plus three and a half yards versus the number of cars in the lead lap at the end of the Daytona 500. Well, Patrick Mahomes had a 22 yard run. So tack three and a half yards onto that. We're looking at 25 and a half as the over under for the number of cars finishing on the lead lap. How do you feel about that one, Stevie? Feel good. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like we're on the right side of that one for sure. I mean, it would have to be a very, very clean Daytona 500 race, and can it happen? Sure, but the likeliness of it happen. I mean, they're probably offering you pretty good cash out right now because <laughs> they know they're way the books are way behind on this one. So um, hopefully, you listened last week and you were able to take advantage of it. Also, I want to give you a shout out. You know, we talk a lot about NASCAR, you and I, but guys, you got to be following Doc over there on the Action Network app. He was absolutely on fire down the stretch for football. He's been crushing college basketball, but overtime, man. I know you were pumped about that. I know you talked about it on some Action Network shows. So I wanted to give you a shout out because you're the numbers guy. Like you, I'm the field guy. You're the numbers guy. We make a great combo and I just want to give you a shout out. Make sure you guys are following Doc over there on the Action app because he's been giving out some fire. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I was very excited that the Super Bowl went into overtime. We were just a couple seconds away from a double overtime, and I had a 100 to 1 ticket on it. And I tweeted about it. I had 100 to 1 on it. I didn't know if it was a plus EV bet or not. I think looking back on it, it definitely was a plus EV bet. So I felt good about that. Felt great about our victory lane pick. It'd be. Nice to go two for two to start the year on our victory lane picks. But first, we, of course, have to preview the Daytona 500. As I mentioned, qualifying took place last night. Joey Logano won the pole, knocking off those Hendrick Motorsports cars, that Chevrolet run of poles. Michael McDowell in the front row Motorsports Ford will start alongside Joey Logano in the front row. Those are the only two positions locked in. For the Daytona 500, Joey Logano starting first, Michael McDowell starting second. By the time you've listened to this podcast, we'll be getting pretty close to the dual qualifying races for Daytona. So we're not going to analyze those, but those will be used to set the field for the Daytona 500. A couple other things we do know, Anthony Alfredo and David Reagan have locked themselves into the field based off speed. They were the two fastest of the six open cars that had to race their way in or qualify their way in and they did so on speed 
So that's kind of where we stand heading into Daytona. So Stevie, Daytona, a two and a half mile super speedway. We use tapered spacers to restrict the airflow to the engine. We use some extra aerodynamic work to create, you know, kind of a high drag package that lets us draft a lot. So we see drafting at Talladega. We see drafting at Atlanta, but specifically the Daytona 500. What is the Daytona 500 racing like, especially in this next gen car? Yeah, it's gone from, hey, you can sit back and be a good drafting type race car driver and you know give yourself a chance in the last 20 laps if you're running towards the back this new car there's no such thing as that i mean obviously there's a wreck that could potentially happen and you can move up that way but running position has become so much more important at drafting tracks now with this new car and we want the guys that are aggressive that want to run up front and avoid the middle of the pack wrecks and wrecks can happen at the front as well but the highest probability of someone that wants to win this race or you know has a chance to win this race even has come from the front. And I think that you look back to the four super speedway races that we had last year, Daytona and Talladega, we had aggressive drivers win those races. And that's what it's taking now. It's not taking a you know long shot type Michael McDowell Daytona 500 win from a couple years ago where there was a lot of wrecks and he kind of just fell into a win. You have to be aggressive on these types of tracks now. So I think that that's changed. And I mean, honestly, like the nose of the Ford is changing. The nose of the Camry is changing. It'd be really interesting. I think that for tonight, Thursday night, we're going to see a lot more aggressiveness from Toyota and Ford, just seeing what they have in these cars. And we might see some exciting dual races here on Thursday night. I literally talked about that exact same thing on the Stacking Denny's podcast that I do with Jordan Maccabee. First thing I said when we were talking about the duels is I think the Toyotas and the Fords need to see what they have. So I think these duels could be a little more aggressive than normal. Joey Logano has straight out said as far as the duels, he's going to go out and try to win the thing, which I think is kind of crazy. You could sacrifice your first spot in the grid and start in the rear of the field and if it what happens a couple years ago there's a big wreck on lap 13 or 14 you could get caught up in that I don't I don't necessarily agree with that decision but hey that's Joey Logano that's who he is so yeah the qualifying race will be interesting that'll certainly tell us a lot about the Daytona 500 as well how can these guys make runs uh, so I do think, you know, even though you'll probably be listening to this podcast around the time the qualifying races are set to happen, I do think if you do hear this before that, make sure you watch the qualifying races. That's going to tell us some certain things. And like you said, in previous years, especially with the next gen car, track position has been, I think, a little more important than we had with the Gen 6 car. And the Gen 6 car, we were just, you could get these monstrous runs and just like absolutely huge runs and go from mid pack to the front in a couple of laps. Whereas in the next gen car, it's been a little bit harder to do that. You got to play a little more of a chess game getting towards the front. So, it certainly is a little bit different, but in the end, Stevie, once we hit stage three, all bets are off. People start getting a little crazy, and that's why we took that crossover bet because cars just don't finish on the lead lap in this. Uh, you know, We had something like 17 and 14, I think, in the next-gen era in terms of cars finishing on the lead lap. Drivers are desperate to make moves. They're trying to win the Daytona 500, so we could see a relatively calm first and second stage again, but... Once stage three hits, all bets are off, and, and we'll see the classic Daytona mayhem, which, of course, leads to some longer shots as good bets. So we'll talk about maybe one or two longer, medium longer shots here. And then you kind of touched on the dual qualifying races, how the Toyotas and the Fords 
could try to see what they have. Anything else from those races specifically that we can use them to handicap the 500? Oh, I mean, just kind of paying attention to who's being aggressive and who's being selfish. Selfish is not typically something that we, we talk about a lot, but you have to be selfish to win at Daytona and Talladega. I mean, it's as simple as that. So see who's selfish, see who's trying stuff. I mean, someone that might finish 12th or 14th in the duels trying something might learn something enough for them to have a chance to win the 500. So, and you might get better odds. So I think there's a few drivers that you could potentially wait on betting until after the duels. And then there's some bets that I think you want to jump on before the duels because they might perform well enough where their odds are going to change. So yeah, I mean, taking advantage of the duels is more of, Hey, who should I bet before the duels and who should I wait until after? Yeah, I agree with that. And if the duels are a little crazier this year than normal, that could shake the starting lineup up like crazy. We could see some big names in the back, maybe even more so than than normal if we get a, a couple wrecks in the duels. So that's always something to pay attention to. So with that said, overall, just looking ahead to the Daytona 500, how do you like to approach betting the Daytona 500? Because we know it is a pack race. We know we can get some mayhem. So what's your approach to betting Daytona? Betting Daytona is completely different than betting any other race for me. I mean, Daytona and Talladega are just races that I bet so much differently than I bet any other race that we go to. And anyone that listened to the podcast last year knows that I am a top five and top 10 better. I love betting top fives and top tens. Nick loves betting outrights. <laughs> That's what's our personality differences. But for Daytona, I will typically like set aside three to four units for outright bets. And I'll have anywhere from eight to 15 outrights where I'm at least if my longest shot or shortest shot wins the race, I'm at least doubling my units. So I think that's how I approach it because I mean, realistically, any of the 40 cars can win. I mean, realistically, it's probably closer to like 20 to 25 cars that can win this race. But I mean, if there's a lot of mayhem, anyone can win. Justin Haley won a rain short at Daytona race a couple of years ago. So it's possible. So I look more towards betting outrights at Daytona than I do at any other racetrack. Typically, weeks for me, I have two to four outrights, and I'm very comfortable with betting those two to four outrights. But Daytona, like we're Thursday before the 500, and I'm sitting with nine outrights already this week heading into this race. So that's how I bet Daytona more. There was some some value on some top 10 stuff when the lines first dropped. But any kind of plus money bet, Nick, like head-to-head matchups, trying to do, take advantage of like long shot top Fords, top Chevys, top Toyotas. I know we're going to both have some stuff like that because realistically, it really just comes down to who's getting the right push at the end of this race. And it could be anybody that's aggressive enough to do it. So just kind of taking advantage of long shots. I mean, this is one of those races where you might have five to 10 units in play and all of your bets, you need one or two to hit to you know almost double your money. So it's just one of those unique races where Anything can happen and you just have to accept the variance and, you know, spread out your bankroll the right way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for of the last six years, a driver 30 to one or longer has won the Daytona 500. So certainly a race long shots can win. And you mentioned you have like maybe nine outrights or something. You know, there is an argument to be made. You could go up to like 15 or 16 outrights. If you throw a quarter unit on each, you know, that's four units you've bet. But if you hit a 30 to one or longer you're making seven and three quarters units back from that. So you're like you said, you're almost doubling your money that you put in 
by betting 16 outrights or something yeah. like that. So that's a theoretically possible way to do this. And I think for me, I'm going to approach betting the Daytona 500 as especially knowing in the next gen car that track position has been really important. And we've seen a lot of the bigger teams own the track position. I think I'll be betting a lot of the bigger teams, bigger names from bigger teams, but guys that are in the 20s and 30s. So that's kind of my approach. I haven't done that yet. I'm still waiting for the duels to shake out before I kind of officially plop down on different drivers. But I could see myself having eight or nine, like you said, eight or nine, maybe even 10 bets on guys in that mid-20s to mid-30s range on the bigger teams, your your Hendricks, your your Gibbs, 2311s, your Stuart Haases, Penske's, that kind of thing. And uh, just hoping one of them wins because that those will be the teams that typically own the track position and then the smaller teams. You know, you can certainly sprinkle in some of those as well because we do occasionally get those long shots. But it's really hard for me to bet your favorites, your 10, 12, 14 to ones. I almost never, probably never do it at Daytona just because the randomness is so high. When I fit a model to this, like the highest driver I get to win the Daytona 500 is around 6.7%, max 7%. So we're talking no better than 14 to 1. So it's just so hard to bet drivers down in the 10s, 12s. Because they don't win one every 10 or 12. I was talking about the four best super speedway drivers of like mine and your era that are still driving. Logano, Keselowski, Hamlin, and Blaney. And combined, they've run 56 Daytona 500s and they have four wins, right? Which, you know, four divided by 56 is one in 14. So that's 13 to one for like the best drivers, which is right where my model had it. So that's kind of where I am. I'm not going to be betting a bunch of shorter 10, 12, 14 to one type plays but uh like you mentioned manufacturers i think those are great i do think the top manufacturer markets have gotten a little sharp over the past couple years as we've bet into them and and been profitable on them so they become a little tougher as we go through the years but there are certainly still edges so that is our preview of betting daytona 500 now it is time to dive into some bets as always we're going to take you for a lap around daytona that's four turns one pick from each of us per turn for driving the victory lane. So Stevie, we're throwing the green flag on the Daytona 500. Let's dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, green flag, Daytona 500. Lead us off in the turn one. Well, I mean, it's Daytona 500 Sunday, so we got to we got to have us some bush lattes. I got my yeah. buddy uh, Ross Chastain at plus twenty eight hundred. He's twenty eight to one to win the Daytona Five Hundred. I bet a quarter unit on this one. Chastain has a twenty point six average finish in his last ten Daytona races. This average seems high. That's because it is. I mean, Chastain is a very aggressive pusher, and he makes very aggressive moves. Yeah. He's a guy that it he can easily finish. 35th and it wouldn't shock me but he has that special kind of aggressiveness you need to win this race he's going to try to run to the front of the pack his aggressiveness makes him a driver that I want to bet here I think that he has a chance to win the duels so I wanted to get on this one pre-duels because I think his line will move closer to like 18 to 20 if he does end up winning the duel so I really like Ross Chastain. This is a long shot at 28 to 1, but Chastain's not a long shot. This is an aggressive race car driver, and he's somebody that's going to be selfish. Like, he doesn't care. He's going to be selfish. So he'll work with whoever's pushing him to the front. We've seen that a lot with him, and we've seen him do really well in trucks and Xfinity on these drafting tracks. And 
I think that this is a spot we want to take advantage of Ross Chastain. I would love to see that bush light number one in victory lane to open out the season for just in general for 2024. Yeah. He's one of those guys, like I was mentioning in that mid twenties to thirties range that I love. And I actually, I think you're right. I think the analysis is spot on. I'm probably gonna have to jump on him before the duels because he has his teammate, Daniel Suarez in the duels there that they could hook up and go to the front and Chastain selfish enough to win the duel. Like you said. So I think I probably need to get on him 28th one now before the duels. So I like that pick for your turn one pick for my turn one pick. I got this at plus 300, but now after qualifying because the Toyota struggled in qualifying, you can get Toyota winning manufacturer at plus 305. I love that, right? Like I know the Toyotas were slow in qualifying and slower than they even expected, but they still were able to beat a bunch of those mid-pack teams, those lower tier teams. And that's going to keep you mid-pack starting the race. And then we have the draft. The draft is the great equalizer. And they have that new body, the new nose that should be able to push really well. And think about it. We're going to have either eight or probably nine Toyotas, given the way the qualifying shook out where Jimmy Johnson just has to not lose to J.J. Yaley, (laughs) basically. So we're probably going to have nine Toyotas in the field, which is going to make up not quite 25% of the field, but nine out of 40 is close to 25%, and three to one is 25% implied odds. So all we need at that point is, well, are the Toyotas on average better than the average car? Yeah, they will be. You're going to have a couple guys in there that aren't just going to be good enough in this race. And so I think on average, you've got your Danny Hamlins, your Christopher Bells, your Martin Truex Juniors, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones, Ty Gibb. Like Toyota's strong. They got a great driver lineup of drivers that know how to race at these tracks. Of course, they're better than the average car. So three to one is just too long for a manufacturer that's almost making up 25% of the field. And we're getting 25% implied odds. I don't want to jinx him, but I think we're safe to assume that Jimmy Johnson qualifies into the 500, which gives them another strong Toyota. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's a seven-time champion. He knows how to race on these types of tracks, and he's not going to be racing for points. So I think we could see a very patient Jimmy Johnson in the early part of this race. So I jumped on this one with you the other day when you and I were talking about it. So I'm already on board. I mean, Denny Hamlin is one of the best, if not the best driver that we have in the field at winning at Daytona. And he's a Toyota and Martin Truex juniors do <laughs> he's raced too many of these things. Yeah. He doesn't have that like it, but like one of these are going to fall into his lap eventually. So I like the winning manufacturer bet for the Toyotas. They got Bubba, they got Denny. Christopher Bell is sneakily good on these types of tracks. Eric Jones is really good on these types of tracks and mm-hmm. going back to Toyota is definitely going to help him. So yeah, I like this one plus three Oh five. Yeah, so that is our turn one picks. Stevie's on Ross Chastain's outright at 28 to 1. I have Toyota winning manufacturer plus 305. So we got a roll in the turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, turn two, Stevie. We're going to be on the same pick here. So why don't you, it's not our victory lane pick, but we're going to be on the same pick here for turn two. So why don't you give it out to the listeners? Yeah, we got David Reagan top 10 at plus 290. I jumped on this last week at plus 325 with the risk of knowing that like he might not make the 500. I took the risk. He was in a third RFK car. I thought he would have plenty of speed to qualify for this one. So I jumped on it early. I still show value at plus 290. David Reagan is not likely going to win this race. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. David Reagan is going to play this race very cautious. He's not racing for points. He should sit back and 
avoid any kind of issues. But this is what he does, and he's finished inside the top 10 in three of the last four races at Daytona, including both Daytona races and less equipment last season. So, yeah, I think we see a final stage where he goes and tries to hook up with Keselowski and Busher and gets a little bit more aggressive this year. But I think overall, David Reagan is a fantastic super speedway racer and getting him at plus 290 for a top 10 is really good value. So yeah, definitely want to jump on this one early. Yeah, David Reagan's never been the guy that goes out and leads all the laps like Keselowski tries to do and Busher has done once or twice more recently with RFK Racing. But he's such a cerebral super speedway racer and he always puts himself in the right position always is able to be there at the end and when you look at his teammates brad kislowski minus 150 for a top 10 chris busher minus 120 for a top 10 david reagan sitting there at almost three to one for a top 10 when he's probably just as good maybe if not even better than his teammates at finishing inside the top 10 because with kislowski's aggression that's gotten him into trouble a whole hell of a lot where he doesn't even end up finishing the top 10 because he gets in all these wrecks so it almost might be that david reagan should be preferred to his teammates for a top 10 and they're sitting there at minus 120 minus 150 now i'm not saying david reagan should be down at minus 120 minus 150 because nobody should be that's just way too short but uh it's one of those things where three to one definitely too long for david reagan so Our turn to pick. Both Stevie and I are on David Reagan for a top 10. Best out there right now that I see is plus 290. So we've gone through turns one and two. That means we're heading down the back stretch. And before we dive into turn three, I need to remind you all running hot is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Stevie, it's time to dive into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is Turn 3 here on Running Hot. Okay, Stevie, we're in Turn 3, two turns down, two to go. Lead us off here in the back half of the track. I mean, Turn 3, we got to put our three fingers up in the air, salute the man, and we got to go a little funsy here because it's Daytona, and these are the types of bets that I love. I love these, Nick. I got Corey LaJoy as the top Chevy at plus 2250, I like this. I'm only doing a quarter unit on this one. Listen, the chances of this happening are are slim, but let's look at the numbers really quick. Corey DeJoy finished top 10 in two of four super speedway races last season. His 14.9 average finish over the last 10 day Daytona races is the third best among active drivers. It's the best among Chevy drivers. He is a major sponsor on the car this weekend. He said that it's one of the best opportunities he's ever had. He's an aggressive but smart super speedway racer, and he attacks the dual races. So this line is going to move after the duels if he doesn't have any issues in this race tonight. So really like this one. My model showing this closer to like 20 to 1 as fair market value. So I'm jumping on this one early, and it's, it's one of my funsies. And I, I like this one a lot because it's possible. Is it likely? Probably not. Is it possible? Sure. You know, earlier, like last week, you could get LaJoy at 65 to 1 to win the race through a couple couple little dollars on that one. But yeah, I, I like Corey LaJoy. I, he's that smart, aggressive that can get the job done. I mean, these odds are, are good enough where I want to take some money on it. 
Yeah, he's a hell of a super speedway racer, and he's become, like you said, smart aggressive. He's not just full on aggression, but he's smart aggressive. So I like it. I think I'm going to have to maybe tail this one as well. I haven't bet it yet myself. I haven't, you know, fully run my top manufacturer model because uh, still waiting to see who actually does end up making it. But I think on the Chevy side, it's not really uh, too big of a factor here anymore in terms of who may or may not make it. So at least top Chevy, Corey LaJoy. 22 and a half to one. I think I can get behind that. You know, I took Ty Dillon a couple years ago, top Chevy 45 to one when he was in that 42 car, I believe it was. And, you know, he was a foot away from winning top Chevy over Chase Elliott. So certainly if he can do it or nearly do it, then I think Corey LaJoy can do it at around half the odds. Cause he's, let's face it, Ty Dillon's a good super speeder racer, but Corey LaJoy has evolved into a Borderline elite relative to the equipment he has, super speedway racer. So I'm going to go, when we talk about borderline elite relative to the equipment you've been in for super speedway racing, I'm going to go to the Toyota side of things. I'm going to go Eric Jones, top Toyota, eight to one. And you can find this at that MGM. Now, there's only going to be eight or nine Toyotas in this race, probably nine, which means if all the Toyotas had an equal chance of finishing top Toyota, Eight to one would be fair value, right? That's one in nine to break even at eight to one. Do I think Eric Jones is better than the average Toyota? Yes, I think he's going to be better than Jimmy Johnson. I think he's better at super speedways than Tyler Reddick. I think there's a case to be made. He could be better at super speedways than certainly John Hunter Nemechek, but maybe even pushing Martin Truex Jr., pushing Bubba Wallace for, you know, kind of next best in class to Denny Hamlin pushing Christopher Bell, you know, for that maybe second best Toyota, honestly, of all the Toyota drivers. And if we look in the next gen era, just at laps led, he is the top Toyota in laps led. He's seventh most overall and the top Toyota driver in terms of laps led at super speedways or at drafting tracks in the next gen era. He's led just over 4% of all laps. Denny Hamlin has led just under 4% of all laps. Then you got to go further down to Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex Jr., etc. So, you know, certainly for me, Eric Jones is better than the average Toyota. So getting him at the average Toyota price, I really like that. So I bet Eric Jones to win this race at 30 to one when we had lines open up yeah, and 40 to one. Yeah. So I'm with you on Eric Jones just in general. Like he's sixth best in average running position in the eight races on super speedways with this car and that equipment, like, it's come out now that like Chevy had legacy as like a tier two, tier three team last year. And Jimmy Johnson has talked about how they are going to be a tier one team with Toyota this year. That's huge for Eric Jones. I I think people just forget like how talented Eric Jones is in general. He has the capability of winning this race. So I might throw a little hedge on your, your top Toyota here at mate the one, but yeah, I got him at 30 to one to win this race as well. And, I think it's still up on a couple books. Uh, I know MGM's at 25 to 1, and I think it's just going to keep getting a lot like, shorter. There's the qualifier of the Toyota's, yeah. too. Not, I don't think that means much, but just to point out that like, if they were getting worse equipment, wouldn't you expect him to have qualified worse? And, and he didn't. So I think that's just another little factor in why I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be on a poor team here or anything like that or is a poor equipment. Like you mentioned, Tier 1 Toyota. So our turn three picks are a couple of top manufacturers. Corey LaJoy, top Chevy, 22 and a half to one for Stevie. Eric Jones, top Toyota, eight to one 
for me. So that is three turns down, one turn to go as we drive into turn four. I'm Connor Daly, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. Final turn, Stevie. What do you got for us? Final turn. We're going to have another little funsy here, but I like this one. It's the car number of the race winner to be odd plus 100. This is a 50-50 bet because there are 20 odd cars and 20 even cars. It doesn't matter of the open cars who get in. There's 20 odd, 20 even. The even cars are minus 130. Sure, there's a couple guys that are better in the even category, but we're getting Kyle Larson. We're getting Denny Hamlin. And like we're getting enough. I mean, Stenhouse, who won this race last year, the odd number cars have won six of the last eight Daytona 500s, and we're getting them as the dog to the even numbers because of a couple drivers. So I like this one. I love finding like head to head matchups that are plus money. And then, you know, this is a 50 50 bet that we're getting at even money compared to minus 130. So I jumped on this one this morning when I was doing some research for the podcast and. You know, 20 odds, 20 evens, 50-50. You know, it can't get more simple. Number? You yeah. know else is not number? The guy you gave off in turn one. Rob That's Kelly. right. Oh, let's get you know that double down. <laughs> you know who else is an odd number? Corey LaJoy. You know who else is an odd number? Eric Jones. Three drivers that we've specifically Austin Dillon, baby! Yeah, Austin <laughs> Dillon. I got him 60-1 to 1 earlier. I know. Today. We're 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 rooting heavy on Austin Dillon. Yeah, so sure. This one is also a funsy bet, right? Is the odds 50-50 pretty close to it? Yeah, so does this make it plus EV? I don't know. It's like the coin flip bet in the Super Bowl. If you're betting into a plus 100 both ways market and you're getting plus 100 both ways, at worst, you're breaking even. At worst here. So I'm with you. I think the odd number is a nice little funsy bet here. For me, I am unfortunately going to pick an even number driver, but I'm not picking him to win. I'm just taking Kaz Grala for a top 10 finish at plus 370. Now, I want to preface this. Make sure you're betting this at a book that'll refund you if he somehow doesn't qualify for the race. I do know there is a four to one out there, but it will not refund you if he doesn't make the show. And then you're out on that bet completely. And he's going up against BJ McLeod, which is much more difficult than going up against JJ Yaley in that New York racing car that was just so incredibly slow. So BJ McLeod will have a better chance of hanging with the field and racing Kaz Grala if it comes down to it. I still think Grala's in a great spot because he has McDowell in his duel. That'll be able to push him into the show because McDowell has nothing to race for here. But just wanted to preface that by saying I do prefer plus 370 at a book that'll refund you. So that's why I'm taking the plus 370, even though there's a four to one out there. But Kaz Grala is, like I said, he's in a front row motorsports car. We just saw Michael McDowell put a front row motorsports car on the pole. Todd Gilliland nearly make the top 10 in qualifying. So, you know, these guys had a lot of speed and they're plus 135 and plus 260 respectively for a top 10. So Kaz Grala plus 370 when his teammates are that short. Nice value. And we're talking about tier one, whatever with legacy. Well, Front Row Motorsports just got announced today that they are indeed a tier one Ford team now. So they're getting tier one support. They're working with Team Penske on setup, strategy, pit crews, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's still going to take some time to develop, but you get the idea. This is a top Ford team now. So Kaz Gorala driving this car, he can get a top 10. He already has a top 10 in the Cup Series at a super speedway. He got that at Talladega driving a college car, I believe it was, in 2021. Yeah, college car 2021. He got a top 10 
And he has two top tens and seven career cup starts. The other one came in an RCR car on a road course. But you get the idea. He has the talent. He has the ability to hang with a pack, to draft, to survive, and, and finish in a top ten in a good car. So plus 370. It's kind of like the David Reagan top ten bet, right? Like we're getting a guy in a good car at these odds. I like it. So I just told you, I just fired this up and I'm in Florida. So I have one option and it's plus 400 and we'll see if he makes the race or not. But I'm very confident that Kaz Grala and Jimmy Johnson bearing any engine issues will be the two cars that make it in this race. A lot of speed. Like you said, he's competing against Yaley and like there's quotes too from Anthony Alfredo that says that they are very, very careful tonight. They are not going to push it at all. So we don't even have to worry about like the scenario of Alfredo beating him. So I, I like yeah. Grala top 10 here. I jumped on this one with you. Yeah, exactly. So Kaz Grala top 10 plus 370 is going to round out the four turns. That means there is one thing left to do. We got to drive in the victory lane, Stevie. We're going to try to make it Technically, we're not two for two, but we feel good about it. We're going to try to make it three for three if maybe your Ross Chastain bet doesn't come through here or, or some of the other outrights we took. So we do have one more outright for you all. What is that, Stevie? Betting outrights in general, again, like that's why you kind of spread them out. But we're going to go to William Byron here at 18 to one. William Byron is another driver that is aggressive. If you look at his last five Daytona 500 races, you're probably like, hey, Stevie Doc, you guys are crazy. Why is a guy with a 31.8 average finish your victory lane pick? He's aggressive. He tries to run up front and he gets in the wrecks. My model has this closer to 16 to 1. I think he has a great chance to win the duels on Thursday night. So I don't think waiting on this one is one you wait on. This is one that I think moves. If he wins the duels, he probably is in the 12 to 14 range. That's just how the books typically will work. So not only do I like Byron as our victory lane, I bet him at eight to one to win the duel number two on Thursday night. If you want a little bonus bet there, but doc, I know you like Byron as well. This is one that we agree on. I love when we are on the yeah. same page on these victory Another lane outrights. I had it in the outline and you saw yep. it and you're like, let's move that to victory lane. I'm like, perfect. So yep. yeah, I am on William Byron 18 to one to win. I normally don't bet under 20 to one at these kinds of races, but I've shown value on William Byron at 18 to one. Like you said, you have him around 16 to one as fair value. I have him around five and a half to 6%, which puts him in that 15 to 17 to one range as fair value. So right in the same neighborhood as you, he's got, Three wins in the last 18 drafting races, and he's 18 to one. So just putting that into perspective, he also has two second place finishes at super speedways in his career. One was last year at Talladega, finished second. And then he, in 2019, in the Daytona summer race, he finished second. So yeah, sure, all that Daytona 500 average finish in the 30s, but he still can finish second at Daytona. So William Byron, 18 to one, is our victory lane pick and that is going to do it for us thank you for listening to the daytona 500 episode of running hot action network's motorsports betting podcast we'll be back this time next week as we talk bets for the and better health 400 at atlanta motor speedway on behalf of my co-host steven young thanks again for listening and we'll see you back here next week on running hot from action network action network reminds you please gamble responsibly If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.